Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your guide on the side, your coach with a brooch. Why do you look at me? You know, I saw, that, I saw that going way worse. You actually kind of pulled that off. I, pro- I tried it's to. Irrelevant, but you made the rhyme. Happen. I know. Did you try and make the word bro rhyme with coach? Brooch. Like, brooch. Here with my bro, but no, brooch. I, you know, I just couldn't find another ouch word. There's not a lot of them. Anyway, this is the Matt Townsend Show. We're coming to you live Poach. from Poach. Ah, hey, ah. your coach with poached eggs. With a pooch. <laughs> pooch is different, not a rhyme. And I do like poached eggs. No, on the show uh, today, we've got a doozy for you. We have you ever tried to talk to like I don't know an eighteen-year-old to about a thirty-year-old? I have done no, that no eighteen-year-old to a thirty-year-old. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Wow, they're a tough group. Tough group. I get to work with them daily. They're exhausting. We call them millennials. On the show today, we're going to figure out what are they thinking. Because I've been trying to raise some. They're hard. That's you guys. We're a bunch of weirdies. Weirdies in a weird way. Right. Definitely weird. Sky, good to have you. Thanks, man. Speaking of weirdies. Thank you. It's good to be here. You made it. You have a friend joining us. Yes. Victoria is joining us. Victoria. Victoria is our uh, friend in training. We're calling her FOT. No, FIT. Fit. You're fit. Friend, friend in training. We also ha- have Hannah Montana here. And apparently she's a bit sugared up, so that's a bit problematic. I just had a great day and I'm just feeling a lot of energy and possibly sugar. Okay. Maybe. You've actually else. slowed down a lot. Your speech, either your speaking just sounded a lot slower. About 45 minutes ago, I may or may not have been editing stuff, and I may or may not have put my head down, fallen asleep, and drooled onto my own shirt, and Did then you? gotten a energy drink and chugged it before the show. I may have wow. done that. You know what? I have a feeling this is going to be a good show. I'm just saying, my, if you were to cut me right now, it would smell like soda. <laughs> It would not smell like blood. Also, and? I've got sour Skittles today. No, where did you get those? Give, give it a shake in front of the microphone. Give it a good, good. Sour Skittles. Can you hear the sour in there? Yeah. No, so um, where did those come from? I'm guessing Hannah. Hannah? I'm just guessing. You think Why Hannah would... would I leave you romantic notes? This isn't a romantic note. What no, does it that say? is so romantic. This says to Skylar. How do you spell my name? How do I spell your name? How do you spell my name? Um, S-K-A-I-Y-S. L- no, no, no. I think you're saying it wrong. Whoever whoever wrote this note spelled my name wrong. Well, How talk do you spell to the girl. S K Y L A R, and this is E R. Huh. So see, but I would have spelled it with a C, so it's not me. I think I didn't even saying, know your name was Skyler. Yeah, you always call me other stuff. Sky boy. Yeah. So uh, the show today, we're talking millennials. Check this out. Last night, I I had a little speech. I don't know what we call it. A little speech. I went and talked to a group of people. Okay, they were all. I guess probably over the age of 65. Every one of them, over the age of 65. Some were over 80, okay? We talked to them about relationships and stuff like that, but um, their questions were about, the, were about how to deal with people your age because you guys are breaking all the rules. I don't know if you know that. What rules would that be? Well, like if you were cool, if you young bucks, let's just call you the young bucks, The millennials, the 18 to 30s. If you were cool like the rest of us, you'd jump as quickly as you could into marriage and mortgage. You guys aren't. 
Marriage and mortgage. <laughs> My toes curled right when you said that. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I could see ah! that. See, but you're not like us. You're different. But you play video games and you sleep at grandpa. You sleep at the parents' house. Well, they have the nice beds hmm. and the nice TVs for the video games. Do you know why? It's because they got married and had a mortgage. Don't you want to be cool? Oh, here I comes went, Hannah. Here I went comes to high Hannah. school with a guy who um, was a very interesting guy. He actually was confusing. He said that he would not purchase a house, a car, or anything. He would live at his family's home with his wife, his children, hmm. until he could afford to buy a house in cash. Wow. Who's really That's That, that may not be. See, maybe you guys are onto something. Maybe that's smart. I'm thinking. Like, just mooch off our parents, and yeah. then our kids. Moochers. Uh, yeah. Not marriage mortgage people. Moochers. Well, we won't. Well, never mind. We call it the financial blitzkrieg. We hang out and we stay behind and where you don't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden we just explode buying this and that and this and that. And, this and we have it all done and taken care of. And then no one can you know, stop us from wow. taking over so you thought all of through. Europe. What? There, there's always been generational gaps, right? So there's always been certain groups. every gener- So we know the baby boomers. All these post-war parents had cute little babies. We flooded the world with babies. Now we're going to have to pay for them. And uh, – <laughs> Just kidding. No, 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 no. They think we're going to pay for them. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's, that's right. Fun, you guys that's are the pay. joke. <laughs> yeah, that, it's, no, that's the truth. Mm, we'll see. No, they paid for you. You pay for them. It's we, how it works. Um, we'll see. <laughs> then there's the X Gen. That's me. That was, I think, the I think that was like the the gifted generation. That was the generation of like X Men. Yeah, kind of yeah. like X Men, X Gen. You have weird abnormalities that set well, you sure. apart. From but we call them strengths. God. <laughs> Yeah. Whatever floats your boat. We yeah. call them mutations. We, you call them <laughs> attributes. So, so go, a lot of us don't know what these generations are all about. So, give us a. So, what 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 are the age ranges? So the listeners can all sit there and say, okay, I'm from the lost generation, or I'm from the I'm from the X Gen, or I'm a millennial. Okay, there's the lost generation. Let's call them the Losties. Losties. The Losties. They're the ones who were grown up around World War One. So they lived in an odd time. Yeah. Okay. So World War One, pretty much the whole world was awful. Right. Um, there was also like weird cultural things that happened, like entire like towns of men. Okay. What's get the age? Out. So the age of these people? Um, I don't know. They're very old. They've got to be over sixty-five. I would even seventy, even over yeah. seventy. So these so are there's the not a lot of them left. Okay. Yeah. The um, lost. These are. But, lost. They, but they were sort of the first sort of homogenous generation. Uh, that we started forming socially and culturally, like they okay. had all these weird attributes yeah. to them. Losties, losties. Okay, but you don't hear about them much. Nah, they're, but the they're ones we hear about a lot are the baby boomers. Baby boomers think they're so important. Okay, yeah. like I call them the eight hundred pound gorilla. That's only relevant because they're so big. Now this is they're big. We're not talking about their size. We're talking about the the accumulation of all of these people. That size, that group of people is a lot of people. It's enormous. Most most in the United States, most states have at least twenty five percent. Wow, are baby, baby boomers. boomers? That's including you know all age groups. Okay, so to be a baby boomer, does it say what years this what is, it? is the range? What is it? What is it? What is it? Because um, I'm sixty nine. I'm not a baby boomer. I think I'm at the bottom end of the baby boomer. Nineteen sixty nine. I, I think you're saying you're 69 years old. I was like, yeah, you're not that old, Matt. <laughs> you are not that old. No. These are the people born in like the, how about 46 on, let's say that. 46 to about 60. 69. Something. Let's yeah. say that. Okay. okay. They're, uh, they're, they're just, uh, there's a lot of them. There's yeah. a lot of them. And so they mess everything up. But they're great. 
they're cool, I guess. I mean, these are normal people, but they they bought it. They they all bought a house, right? Apparently, they bought every house. Well, and were the divorce rates higher? If with the for the baby boomers, eventually, yeah, in the eighties, that's yeah. when it that's Remember when it jumped the big up. Eighties boom and <laughs> the boom in divorces. Usually, yeah. boom's like a positive thing. It's like yeah. the yeah, it's an unfortunate thing. Yeah, increase, the slide, the slide, the decline, the of, decline marriage. of marriage. Let's call it that. So then, that resulted in your generation, my generation, that. X generation, Gen X. We call them the the beloved generation. Gen Xers, they're the ones who are making everything happen these days. Yes, hello. Mm. Hello. Unfortunately, yes, I have to concede that. Yeah. Hello. Like, like the government shutdown. They're making that stuff happen, right? Eh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> we're making that happen, but we're also making really cool companies. Well, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Think about it. Think about it. Your generation, which is the one who are kind of in charge, we've gone 14 days without a federal government. Yeah. Everything's still good? I think, but I actually, isn't, uh, Obama's probably a baby boomer. Is he? He's in his 50s, right? Yeah. 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 So, He's a boomer. Uh, the X Gener, I think, are the ones stirring the pot in oh, certain places. They're the ones <laughs> making the problem. Okay, that's us. That's Thanks. me. I'm um, you guys are fun. You guys do things like YouTube, Amazon. Pretty much, you guys are the dot com yeah. generation. I like to that's call us the hip people. The hip people. Well, why are you with that awesome sweatshirt you're wearing? Thank you. What you're is so hip? Sun, sun Valley. Valley. Sun it's got Valley, a picture Idaho. of a sun. It's totally hip, and it's red. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I think it's hip. I'm not. I like that sweatshirt. That's right. Hip, yeah. hip to be square. You should. You should wear that around Christmas. And take family photos with it on. Oh no, I've got a I've got a sweater for that. Oh, you have one. I'm not going to miss. For... I'm not going to mess my Christmas sweater opportunity. How many times do you get a Christmas sweater opportunity? About once a year. About once a year, yeah. <laughs> Darn right. <laughs> about actually about a whole month. Every Think year. I'm going to blow it on this sweatshirt? Year. No. That was rude. Way to diss my clothes. I'm not dis. I'm I'm complimenting your clothes. I like that sweatshirt. Really? Yes. Wow, I like your tights. Thank you. Your tights look great. They're new. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Victoria like look like what? Victoria's <laughs> <laughs> like, that guy's wearing tights. She'll she'll figure it out. It's she'll totally true. I like it and I like your new cape. I think it's great. Thanks. It's a, I didn't know that your mom was in town to stitch put that a towel one? on your back. No, she stitched this one. Did she? Yeah, That's it's good. not a towel, it's a cape. Super boy. S B. S B. It's cute. Thanks. Continue, Bryce. Sorry. Deesh. Oh no, it's fine. I'm it's, you know. <laughs> So what's no. the uh, so then there's Gen Ys Gen Ys that's you guys no that's, that's you guys. guys the millennials we yeah. call them the millennials we're gonna spend the whole day on the millennials because a lot of you driving around in your nice cars and your Cadillacs and your trucks and everything you've got kids at home that are twenty something years old and they're not married and they're not they're just not necessarily functioning they think parents think parents think because, we think we're okay but they're good people they just don't but apparently. You guys are different than the rest. We okay. So some of the weird things about the Gen Yers, so Gen Xers, uh, you guys were known as the Latchkey Kids. Yes, we were locked out and stayed home and didn't. Our parents had, had to work and had to sleep outside. Yeah. Now you guys, you guys uh, have more independent characteristics. Yeah. Well, there's sort of a, a you know fighting that. There's a whole lot more parenting in our generation. Okay, see, so, yeah. so because the parents of the X Gen weren't, weren't home, so they be, the X Geners, there was the reaction, and the Y generation have had a lot of parents being home, and they've been coddled. You're you the know, coddled generation. You know, I'm gonna say you're right. Yeah, I'm gonna say having been one, having grown up you're with the, a whole bunch yes. of Gen Yers, you're the hell, you're the hovered, you're the hovered, the hovered generation, hover parents. So parents have like made it really easy for you to never fail. Hmm. Well, they've tried. And is this a bad thing? Apparently. 
So we blame the X generation. <laughs> yep. So you can't blame well, us. Well, we're just blaming so the baby boomers. Fault. No, we're blaming the baby boomers because they had to work and left us at home. So okay. now that we were at home, you so guys- So who do the baby boomers? We the lost, do, they, do they blame the lost generation? Yeah, but they're lost, so you and can't blame them. They're gone. You can't find them. See, this is, this is complicated. Yeah. But I, I don't really think we have to blame anyone. We yeah, already know which generation is so the best. It's much easier to blame people. <laughs> and you know what? Eventually we all come down to blaming the communists because no one likes them. Yeah. Yeah. Can we all it's just agree Hitler's to blame fault. them? Well, I, 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 thought we were, I thought we had moved on from them. Nah. I mean, we had the Cold War. It was over. Nah, you can always get away with blaming the communists. But well, yeah. I'd just go to terrorism. <laughs> which generation were they? Uh, I guess technically that's your generation. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Great. You're not hanging that on me. <laughs> not my fault. <laughs> not my fault. Um, millennials. Why do they call them millennial? Uh, I think because we couldn't come up with a more creative name. Is that That's really kind of how I feel about that. Is that what it is? I think it's just because 2000 happened. If Merritt was here, she'd know. Would she? Yeah, I she probably she would. would. Let's see if what'd Merritt, you, what'd if you Merritt do? comes in, let's ask Merritt. When, when it, year 2000, what were you guys doing? Right when the change happened. Ooh, I remember. Oh, 2000. So I want, I can tell my story. Yeah, go ahead. I wanted to be the first and the last person to make a basket with a basketball of the millennium. <laughs> oh, and <man>. the first. <laughs> you know, I'm actually, hey, how old was I? Like 10, was 11, 11, grade, right? 10 years old, 10, 11 years yeah. old. Come on. That's a cool thing to do when you're 10 or 11. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I think as far as I know, unless you bring up other proof, I am the last person to make a basket of the last millennium and the first one of this millennium. Did you dunk it? No, it was too high. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> it was outside I the hospital. Let's be real. Did room. you make your first I, shot? I made them all. You made two shots in a row, one second apart. I made, I did it right. I was shooting like as, as, as much as I could until it got down to like five seconds. And then my dad counted down and then I made that one. So it was kind of like the end in the beginning that I made another one right away just to like cover yeah, because oh, you know what? That's weird. Because my little um, nephew yeah, Timmy, right. my my little nephew Timmy, he did the same thing, <laughs> but he wasn't shooting. He was actually dunking it. So he dunked one, and then he dunked one another about two hundredths of a second later. Okay, so, so think, he he did dunks. I did jump shots. Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, then Timmy had a friend named Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, the I see this is. escalating. <laughs> okay. Well, what was I doing? I probably think asleep, I, huh? I don't remember. <laughs> what was I doing at Y2K? I think I was home. Oh, I was in a bunker. I was, <laughs> oh, that's it. Were you? I forgot. I was bunkered down in a, yeah, a bunker. Well, we don't call it a bunker. We just call it the back hole where we put our guns and ammo. Hey, by the way, guess who's hunting up a storm now? Me. Thank you. What's it called? What's it called? It's called Deer Hunter 2014. And I I am culling the herd. Is that a word? You're what? I'm culling the herd. Culling? No, that's that's a good verb. That's Give me a I ding mean, on that, ding-a-ling. Ding! See? Uh, I'm culling the herd. So why I remembered that is because on, on Y2K, I was bunkered down, hunkered down in my bunker, and uh, just counting my ammo. Counting the shells, just Counting in case. the shells, testing the generator. Ready for World War Three? Nothing happened. That's what you do 
when you're an X-Gener. Boom! You Y-Gen, you're going to want to get in my bunker, and you're going to want me to support you for the next 20 years. We got to stop it. We don't, we don't get our own bunker. We want you to get. No, our you don't bunker. want. You don't want to pay for the bunker. You just want to use the bunkers that I built. Yeah. We're talking X generation, Y generation. Actually, we're talking millennials today. Trying to figure figure out those cute little crazy eighteen to thirty year olds. Do you have one at home? Are you wondering what happened to them? You wondering why they're so I don't know independent, so unwilling to just join. The marriage and mortgage world that the rest of us live in. We're going to be talking about them right after the break. We're going to go to uh, Bryce as well. Do a little rant there and get into this. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Great job, Sky and Victoria. Thank you. Way to bring us both in. Hey, today on the show, folks, we're talking about millennials, okay? The millennial generation, those 18 to 30-year-olds, those those cute kids of yours, maybe they're not thriving like uh, you think they should, and maybe they're just different, okay? Some of you may be really afraid when they come home, but here's a little secret I'm going to let you in on. I'll bet they're not too excited to come home to live with you either. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce is Right. It's every parent's greatest fear, their lazy, entitled millennial offspring returning home after college. After spending 4 to 13 years getting their degree in art theory and having an unsuccessful job hunt because they didn't really start it, and let's face it, art theory? What were they even thinking? Well, as one of those millennials, let me put it to you this way. Just like that wild animal you stumble upon in the forest, we're just as afraid of you as you are of us, if not more. You see, the assumption is that we're fleeing back to the safety of the nest because we're just unwilling to grow up and face the cruel, debt-filled world. And there's certainly a few of those, but I'm just going to go ahead and blame that on poor parenting while I'm on the subject. But the reality is most of us look at the potential of returning home with nothing but dread. We did high school, then we moved up to college, and now we're downgrading back home? It's like the weirdness of going back home on holiday breaks, only indefinite. But allow me to illustrate this a little differently. I go to school in the mountain time zone. My parents live in the central time zone. I am a college kid. My parents are not. This means anytime I go home, there's almost a five-hour difference between when we go to bed. Well, one Christmas break, I was at my parents' place watching TV at 2 in the morning. This would be 1 o'clock in the morning for me, about an hour before I normally go to bed. Well, my mom got up at some point, came out, and told her 22-year-old son to go to bed because it was late. And there was this feeling in the air between us, this unnerving awkwardness, like being a spectator when someone calls a pregnant woman fat. It was repulsive to me because I'd lived without a bedtime for almost four years at that point. It was repulsive to my mom because she realized she'd gone into mom mode at an entirely inappropriate time. And that is what it's like to return home after college, only it's always. When you return home after college, you don't fit anything quite right. You're essentially a freeloader on your parents, but what are they supposed to do? Should they reparent you? Should they do everything they can to kick you out? Should they just leave you alone? How do you make friends now? The only reason you made friends before was to cope with the fact that you were forced to go to high school for seven hours a day. Without that, how do you find friends? 
Most of your old friends have moved away or worse, they're married and or have kids now. Can't hang out with that. So let's say you do manage to make some friends you can stand. What do you do when they say, hey, let's go back to your place? Call your parents and ask for permission? Yeah, as a 24-year-old man, I'm not sure I can think of anything less validating than the prospect of calling and asking my parents for permission to bring people over. But what about yourself? Were you a success or a failure? Yeah, you got a degree, but you downgraded back to going home. This question right here is a huge struggle for the returning millennial, and I don't have an answer for it. But believe me, returning home is the last thing we wanted to do after college. We were faced with a dilemma after college. We could have stayed in an overpriced college town for some extended period of time, draining whatever little resources we have left over, and potentially burying ourselves further in debt, or we could return home where we'd inflict the least amount of financial damage. And just so you know, this was us picking the lesser of two evils. We want a job, we want an apartment anywhere else, but we don't have that. So we go back home because it's usually the smarter thing to do. And when we do get home, the last thing we need is a speech about how you were a better person out of college than we are now. Just help us leave and we'll all be better for it. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Wow, you um, you brought a lot of this you know, home back to you. Yeah. As, thought- as one of the millennials, let me speak for my generation. See, you're a millennial and what you're saying is... I don't want to go home either. You're, you you could go work the street with your art theory. I got, sure. My art theory degree. <laughs> but you, you don't want to come home. But nah. you also don't want to go do something stupid. Well, I, I, going to her debt. Yeah. Yeah. What's worth Like getting a job I hate? I mean. Right. So um, I guess should we not be parenting you? I mean, really, you're 18. You're an adult. Maybe parenting isn't our role anymore. Then again, I'm in your house, so... Well, yeah, if you're in my house, then you're just a creepy weirdo in the basement. Exactly. Or you're my son. Right? I like the son thing. But we don't. I mean... Well, you don't want to be. You don't want me to sit there and treat you like just a kid. Yeah. So what you're saying is, understand, you don't want to be there either. Times, they have a changed. Yeah. So we're a new generation. You guys need a theme. You need an anthem. You need a song you could sing. Um... I'm just saying. Teacher, leave them kids alone. Pink Floyd. That was my generation. Another brick in the wall. Hold on, what well, year was that? That's that a baby was 82, boomer. 83? Yeah. That was, an, that was a Gen Xer. But really, song. when you think about it, because uh, this happened when I was speaking to this group, um, they just, for example, they didn't get, they just think Facebook is a waste of time. And, and, I, and, I, well, and it could be. Oh, and I'll say, we think it's a waste of time. Right. But... You know, it's our generational waste of time. But we would say calling calling people and talking to them on the phone individually, waste of time. Yet their generation does it all the time. Writing a letter, exactly. They no. talked about that. We're losing the art of writing a letter and of handwriting. Waste of time. See, isn't that interesting? But see, this is all generational. Yeah. So if, at some point, and that's really the goal of the show today. It's not just to like kind of explain some obscure group of people, eighteen to thirty, but it's really to kind of get into the fact that generationally. We are all different, right? We were raised with different things. We've, I, you know, 9-11s, Ronald Reagan getting shot, Kennedy. Every generation has something, right? So uh, on the show today, we are going to get into it with an expert. Pam Citrenbaum is going to be joining us, and she's going to explain to us about these millennials, where they're coming from, how they think, so that we can have more understanding, more influence, maybe more guidance to get them back on the road where they want to be. Not just on the road we think they need to be. You don't just need to get married with a mortgage. Come on. 
Hey, look, I'm going to live to be 80. I'll get there. You'll get there. Let's just make sure that we're on the same page. <laughs> this is the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to take a break. We're coming right back, getting into under uncovering the millennial Problem? mystery. Mystery? The mysteries of millennials. Those kids 18 to 30 right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about these intergenerational kind of conflicts, these problems we run into. And, you know, you saw it with your parents, your grandparents, where your grandparents, just they just don't get, what are you doing, you crazy little crazy, crazy young buck? Why do you think the way you do? Why do you worry about the things you do? Um, and it's there's this generational divide. So whether it's the baby boomers who are all out there, you know, nearing retirement or already retired, the Gen Xers, kind of my group, uh, you know, the ones that were big in the Internet, the foundation of the Internet and pushing that forward, um, the Y generation we call millennials. Millennials are this group of people. The youngers, 18 to 30 years of age, are the ages they average. And, you know, we, there's a divide. They don't necessarily, they're not biting really hard on the marriage idea. They're not going out and getting into debt. Some are even starting to not even see a need for certain levels of education because there's just not jobs out there. I believe and wonder if some of this doesn't just have to do with our current economic status um, where we're struggling to get some of these younger generations some of the tools they need, some of the uh, the actual, you know, the economics to make a generation work. It's a hard time. And so some of these kids end up coming home. Some uh, get a job that they can't necessarily get paid for, which interestingly, you know, if you had a law degree for years, you were set. You are set. If you had a any kind of a master's or a PhD, you were good to go. Nowadays, everybody seems like they're trying to backfill and find a way to make the job um Work. We call them the millennials, and uh, we've got an expert that's going to be joining us. In fact, right now, her name is Pam Citrenbaum. Pam is an executive director of the Chicago Innocence Project. She taught at Northwestern University's Medill uh, School of Journalism. She also won a top teaching honor in 2012 for teaching excellence while she was there. She's a blogger for Teaching Tolerance, the online magazine for Southern Poverty Law Center. And was also a regular blogger for NBC's Universal Families Go Strong website. Formerly, she was on faculty at Oregon State University's New Media Communications Program. So uh, she also does a lot of writing, and her writing has appeared in the New York Times, Washington Post, Chicago Tribune, Chicago Sun Sun Times, as well as many others. Let's get right to her. Pam, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. This is really exciting. You bet. It's good to have you on. I mean... We, who would think millennials? Who would think that some generation um, would would create some of the the stir? But we've been talking a lot on the show before we brought you on about how every generation kind of brought something different and, and suffered different implications based on what was going on during their time. But explain to us the millennial. Who are the millennials? Who are they? Well, I, I guess the first thing um, I would say is the I, I have taught hundreds and hundreds of them, and I parent one of them. <laughs> um, 
So uh, the one thing I know is is that whatever we say about them as as a generation, individually we have to be very very careful. Right. And um, I think that's true with every generation. Yep. But I think in this generation in particular, and of course each time we always say this, but this group in particular, but it really is true. Right. That this group in particular, um, while they have a lot of things in common. Um, there are so many individual ways that these folks are making their way through the world that as parents or as adults who are trying to chaperone them through um, the challenges, we really have to know who they are specifically. Yeah. Um, so I, I do research and I think about a lot of research and I take a look at a lot of research and there are definitely themes that you can say about these folks, but I would, I would urge us to avoid generalizations and to really figure out who is your millennial, right? I mean, who are yours right. in your life, and what do they need, and do they? What ways do they fit in these themes, and what ways don't they? So, in a, um, in, a, in a way, it seems like millennials of all generations don't want to be categorized. They don't want to be put exactly. in a box. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. But the, these folks are are particularly challenging to put in a box because they've come up in a time that uh. has been. Um, challenging in lots of different ways, and because they feel so foreign yeah. to uh, to many of us, uh, particularly in terms of technology, and we can talk about that later, but I think their relationship to technology, similar to um, uh, kids of the 50s, you know, their relationship to rock and roll music, ah. seems so shocking and so um, boundaryless yeah. and seductive and frightening. So um, they're... they're more, um, they, in certain ways, they are more homebound. Um, a huge percentage of them are returning home uh, as boomerangs. So uh, after college, um, there are estimates as high as 80%. Some studies are seeing in certain populations, students are coming home and living with uh, their parents. Really? I think that, yeah, yeah. Now, is, is it because they love home? I mean, are they? Is it, it's because a mama's cooking. Mama's such a good cook. <laughs> and the recession. Yeah, the recession's <laughs> also a. That's right. It's the recession diet. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I think that um, you know, remember, but we, we are the parents who told these kids they're special no matter what they do. Uh, we love them. Super praise the intense, uh-huh. you know obsessive praise machine. So we're also the parents who are welcoming them back. Uh, sometimes through gritted teeth, right? But um, but we're scared for them. We're you know we're getting downsized. We don't know what the economy holds for them, and so I think there are a huge number of parents who are uh, out of fear and wanting them to succeed. And you know you talk to a lot of parents and they'll say, well, just for a year or so, so they can save up hmm. to get their own place, right? And the year is turning into <laughs> two, and two is turning into three. In a decade. So. Right. <laughs> we'll so, see. I mean, in we'll a weird see. way, they they some of this might be just them manifesting that kinder, gentler parenting approach, where you know we 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 didn't use the rod on them, we didn't use the stick, we just loved them, and no, more natural types of them. consequences, and kinder, gentler. Right. Well, well, I think there are. Uh, you know, we're going to see as they un- unfurl. Yeah. Uh, further. That's along. a great phrase, um, and also how they parent, right? Uh-huh. I think that's, that's starting to become really interesting. You look at the older end of them at, you know, sort of 30, mm-hmm. uh, the 30-year-olds, how they're starting to parent. But they feel um, safer with us, right? They feel safer even failing with us 
because you know it used to be generationally you're on your own dude you live or die get out of the house absolutely that's interesting so we i mean it's great that's a good way to put it that they do feel safer with us um as as parents and also uh they're also there's a lot of talk about them being kind of borderless and boundaryless. Hmm. They are far less likely to feel like I am going to go out and stake my claim on my own. I mean, you know, we were all like, yeah, let's keep I, going. You know, I get out, I go to college, I get my job, I have my family. I am you know, my the family of origin became then. You know, you move on to your next phase. Here, there is nowhere near that clear boundary right. of the family of origin. So now something's good about it is a lot of siblings are much closer, uh-huh. right? A lot yeah. of siblings are living together. I mean, so you're ha- so it's that kind of borderlessness um, between adulthood and childhood, the borderlessness between parenthood. Right? I mean, it's all just a lot more porous, which offers opportunities, but it's also really confusing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to all of us, to parents and kids. Well, the border, that's an interesting idea. I've had other guests on the show that – that said something like that, that they're maturing at a different rate and they're maturing slower. So where because of the conditions, because of the environment, because of maybe some of our parenting. Yeah. And we're not and we're not getting married young. And so and we're not getting into other we're contracts for our own family. Yeah. Right. So they're actually maturing and, and actually reaching kind of more of a level of maturity at a later stage in life than some of us did. Or like you think of a baby boomer that went to war at 19. Right. You know what I mean? Or, um, you know, it, it's just it's it's a that just generationally. No wonder there's no boundaries. We. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. Right. I don't I mean, know. You think about how how it, uh, for, for those of us at a certain age. Right. Like, you know, 40 is the new. Yeah. There's, you know, 60. Yeah. <laughs> now with, with them. Right. I mean, 30 is the new 15. <laughs> so we're all in a bizarre time war. You know, we're, there's going to be um, a day we're going to run out of years. Fifteen is the new well, zero. We're going to be parenting, That's right. right? Right? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, so there, um, th- th- these, this, this borderless kind of idea. The fact that there aren't as many boundaries. The fact that they're not, uh, you know, jumping out as as quickly. What What is that doing? What is that creating? Well, I think that's such an interesting question, and I I think it's, um, well, it's both. It's reacting and creating. And um, mm. I think that, like you said, they are, in certain ways, feeling less responsibility. Um, now, I will say, though, again, to what I first said was to be careful not yeah. to generalize. Right. I know that we, a lot of folks are frustrated, you know, and they're, they have, you know, attention, that they don't have an attention span, and they're not ambitious, and they're, you know, they're, right? Right. Um, but, but I see a huge number of, of, of young people who are working very hard to pay their way through school because the loans aren't there. Right. Um, you know, so who are doing a, a lot of volunteer work and who, who are thinking a lot about other. And so, uh, and feel less, there are fewer, you know, I know we talk a lot about class war, uh, class warfare in this country, but I see a lot of young people in this age who are really reaching beyond their own hmm. class, race, class, etc. Again, that boundarylessness, and so that adds to their level of sort of social justice. Yeah. Um, they are far more uh, tolerant. Yeah, there's a far more you know there's a, a liberal quality both politically, progressively. Um, you can, however you feel about that, that, right. that I'm I'm adding that to the 
the uh, the boundarylessness. So I think there's there are opportunities for for growth in different ways um, that I think are exciting. Hmm. Um, and then they get pegged. They get pegged for kind of all the bad things that they're absolutely that they have no attention span, or you know they're just kind of floating naively. Or they can't hold a job. I yeah. mean, these are these are folks who watch their parents work so hard, get downsized, lose their right. I mean, yeah. panic, be really worried. You know, at home, be really frightened. Um, parents who supported themselves all of a sudden, right? They're out and they're scared. They've watched parents get divorced at, at astonishing rates. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the things that we hung our hat, the things we hung our hearts on, I'm going to work for someplace for, for 25 years and then I'm going to retire and then right. Yeah, what I'm did that get, get you, married. Dad? Right. Right. I mean, we're going to buy a house. Like we understood what you do, mm-hmm. and now those kids are not growing up thinking any of those things are guaranteed. And so, in a way, to us, that looks like not ambitious. That yeah. Looks like, but to them, they'll tell you, look, I want to be prepared for anything, huh. right? So right. I want to um, have lots of skills. I want to try different kinds of jobs. I don't want to spend my whole life in my town. Yeah. I want to get out there. And so then you get the gap year in Europe, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. it looks Studying like, abroad. Right? Right. Yeah. 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 Nice work if you can not get it. But I think part is you can look at it as... These, these people are trying to prepare themselves for the inevitability that the only thing that's inevitable is change right. and a little bit of chaos. That's what they're seeing. Well, and it so seems I like it's... Get married. I want to pick my partner immediately right. because Things I change. saw what it does, right. right? Right. Yeah, and why would I want to obligate myself to a choice when I'm not even mature enough to make other choices? I mean, it's it, it really it makes sense, too, when you think about our world that is so much more in flux, that is so much more you know, systemically connected to so many other things than it used to be, other organiz- I mean, other countries. I mean, it's global now. So this Absolutely. idea that they can handle ambiguity, it really, it's just, it's a survival. I mean, it's almost like... It's adaptive, isn't it? Yeah, they're adaptive. They're ahead, adaptive of the, they're ahead of the curve, right? And we, a lot of us don't even see that there is a curve. Yeah, a lot right. of us are just stumbling over. Yeah, they're, but they're actually surfing this curve, and we think they're just playing around. But really, if you if you can get good at it, it's a good thing. Well, I mean, if they know, look, I'm chances are I'm going to have to change jobs every eighteen months to three years, right? So I better have all kinds of new skills, and I better be able to understand and feel comfortable with the different kinds of technology, the different kinds of communication, yeah. and so they are able to do a lot more. Again, it's boundaryless, right? I mean, it can be totally annoying. Let me tell you, as a teacher, <laughs> I, bet. I have students who email me in all lowercase, and uh. I say, if you're not E.E. Cummings, I'm not responding. <laughs> okay? I mean, if you have capital letters in yeah. your name, I know you do. Use the caps. So, that's right. So I teach them to code switch in their yeah. communication. You can talk to each other however you want, but you may not speak in the professional world oh, I in love that, that way. We're talking with Pam Citronbaum. She is teaching us how to approach our millennials. And one of the great lessons she's taught us so far is don't just assume because they fit a category that they are all of the criteria of the millennial. we got to get to know our kids and, and understand who they are, where they're coming from. Don't just assume you get them because they're from a certain age group. By the way, wouldn't that be great for all of us to understand? Just because someone's a baby boomer, don't assume you know them. This is the Matt Townsend Show. 
Yeehaw! There's the hoedown music for the Matt Townsend Show. That means we're about 10 minutes out from the top of the hour. Is that the top or the bottom of the hour? That would be, we would... 10 minutes 10 from minutes the top to of the, the hour. Top. To the top. We are gliding through the bottom. Gliding through the bottom. <laughs> the Coasting. Hour. Coasting through the bottom of the hour here on the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we're talking about the millennial generation, okay? These 18 to 30-year-olds... Again, we can't just brand them with one just label, right? They're still – everyone's an individual. Everyone approaches life their own way. But we uh, – just like you know the baby boomers, just like the Gen Xers, we all approach it you – know, we've all gone through some similar things together, and it creates some uniformity at times. Um, we are joined with um, – by Pam Citronbaum. And Pam is uh, – we just call her the millennial whisperer. I don't know if she likes that. I just made that up. So she understands millennials. She's the executive director of the Chicago Innocence Project. She's taught at Northwestern University's Medill. I think it's Medill? Medill? Medill School of Journalism. She's also a top teacher and has won an honor there in 2012 for her teaching excellence. But Pam's also been involved and taught this age group for years as well as studying them, writing about them. She's been a regular blogger for NBC's Universal Families Families Go Strong website, also former faculty at Oregon State University. She's, She's had her hands on. Uh, with this generation, I, and and hands we hands full and on. So Pam, I mean, educate us. This it really is essential. It seems like that parents understand that there might be a generational thing going on here, because okay. otherwise you just think they're a lazy bum that is just blowing it. Right. Well, and you know, I, I think we all have to say that there there is a wide range of lazy bumness yeah. and um and some of these um characteristics can feel and look like slacker or right. a lot of napping or what are yeah. they doing in their room, right? Um I mean if you for example, um a perfect example is that comes into conflict where you have all these um uh young people who are moving back home and they're working from home. All right, so you got a picture they're in their room, right? And they're twenty six. Yeah, and they're on their computer, and they're teleconferencing, and they are committing acts of work. I mean, they are working, right? But they're in their footy PJs, <laughs> and there's the parents downstairs thinking, "Okay, when I went to work, I got up at five fifteen. Right. I was out of the house by six thirty. Yeah, I came, right. You dressed work? up. You had clothes yeah. on. You took a bath you or a shower. It. Exactly. Right. So yeah, I didn't sit in the coffee shop down the block yeah. for a couple of hours. Oh, and it's then so, that's friends, so real. Brainstorm, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so now, but but they are working, and right. they are. It's just work looks very different. Now. Totally, very different. I and have I a son that, this month that made eighty dollars on YouTube. One son, he's sixteen years old, and we just think he's down there messing around on that crazy computer making music. He made eighty right. bucks, and and that's amazing. But we don't get it, right? And so, I mean, no. eighty bucks from YouTube is eighty bucks. It's eighty bucks. It's as if he raked right. leaves or shoveled snow or did yeah. any of those. But things. you know, is he going to get a pension? No, he's not going to get a pension. Well, nobody's going to well, get a pension. A, yeah, right. I was going to say we've all. <laughs> Um, but, but I think that that's what you you hit your head on is a, um, a wonderful point that we're so worried about them because we are so obsessed with the things again the the, the job security the marital security right. the faith 
Yeah. Like, this is the least least religious, but also it's they pray. They say that they pray almost as much as as Their the parents. boomers uh, pray. No, but but they define themselves as the least religious and officially interesting. To and yet, so there's a spirituality. There's a seeking yeah. among these folks. And now sometimes the seeking ends up. Mom, I got a tattoo. Right. 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 <laughs> so, so again, <laughs> but I found I'm myself trying to figure out who they are. Right. I'm trying yeah. to, you know, I'm trying to connect. Um, I should say that if anybody really wants, to, I think some of the best research done is by Pew, PW uh-huh. Research, yep. Social and Demographic Trends, and they really took a look at these folks in lots of different ways and very nuanced ways. And I find that that's one of the most helpful. Um, non-stereotypical ways into them. And, and my students, when I share this with them, feel like this this series um, really does better reflect okay. them than a lot of the other things. So what, what did Pew teach? What did you find in that research? Was it just, was it, I mean, when you think about it, it's almost like they want, they want some of the, the intangible fruits and benefits of life, but they don't necessarily want the pathway. Like it's well, like they, like they want the spiritual benefit, and they are spiritual beings. But the idea absolutely. to just accept mom and dad's religion may right. not be the way. The way there may not be church on Sunday. Yeah. Like the way there may not be marriage at twenty one. Yeah. I mean, it certainly isn't. Um, yeah, they are um, uh, very much more open to change. Again, it's this fluid boundaries. I keep going back to that, but it really does. They feel like their path to God, their path to human connection, their path to successful work is all much more windy. Yeah. And they're comfortable with that. They are not afraid of that. I mean, it's true. You and I think, right? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine, <laughs> but it makes us very nervous. And to see them feel okay about that is unnerving as a parent. Well, yeah. And one big thing that we all is, and, and that's a huge part of the fight that a lot of us are getting into or disagreements or, or disconnects emotionally is you feel like, so, get that resume out? What's going <laughs> on? And that's totally reasonable, totally. right? Yeah. Um, but, but, and they feel so disrespected. Yeah. They feel like infantilized. And you feel like they're acting like infants. Yeah, isn't that um, interesting? And, and right? I just keep hearing in my head, it goes back to when they're a kid and we're like, Hey, I'll always be here to catch you. And you're th- and now they're like, Mom, you said you'd always be here to catch me. Well, exactly. I, I, I thought you'd leave first. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You I never left to catch. <laughs> <laughs> right? You have to go fall from somewhere. <laughs> Isn't it? It really, right? I also love their confidence of being able to deal with ambiguity, I guess, generally, or, or the, their, their love of. Um, Knowing that they'll find the way, it's not it's not the path that's the key, and maybe that's part of the deal. Is the path they're finding out a lot of these paths are closed now, or they're not as easily you know you know passed. So maybe now it's more like I've got to have confidence in my own abilities, my own insight, my own figuring it out, instead of just assuming the path will take me there. Absolutely. I think that's beautifully put. I think that's beautifully put and really accurate. And I think that it, it should help parents relax a little bit, not a lot, as we are now we never relax. We are vigilant. No, right. Um but I do think that they have a kind of confidence that we don't understand. Yeah. And just because we don't understand it and never had it doesn't mean it's not real. 
yep. and doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And so just because they're not flipped out about the right things in our mind doesn't mean they're not paying close attention to how to make a life for themselves. I love that. And and I think if you want to engage in love and dialogue with them, part of the unconditionality yeah. of your love and communication is breathing through your own anxiety about who they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to be doing because it's not realistic and not fair and a setup for failure. Mm. While at the same time, holding holding them to absolutely, you know, wildly high expectations and, and wanting them to be their absolute highest, best, most productive, right. most socially just, most compassionate, mature selves. So you have to hold these very difficult ideas at the same time yeah. as a parent in order to keep the lines of communication open. I love that. In fact, let's let's come back and get into that. We're talking with Pam Citronbaum, and it's funny that the idea of holding these two kind of opposite ideas simultaneously and, and letting people you know, experience it, that actually seems like the great skills of the millennials to, to do that. It's, the, it's us as parents. We don't know quite how to love them and not control them and you know, believe in them and not let them go, and we don't know how to balance these. We're going to come back, get a better look at... Uh, you know, uncovering the mysteries of the millennial, those 18 to 30 year olds, you know, they may be moving home, but uh, just because they're moving home doesn't mean they're they're falling apart. They might have some information you don't know. We're going to take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Don Shaline, our boss, just brought in this one, trying to represent the baby boomers. But it's a really good point. Growing up as a baby boomer, you took every job. For crying out loud, you work. It doesn't matter if you're flipping burgers. You work. You're going to take that job. That's how you pay the bills. That's how you finally move out of my house. He didn't say it that way. But that's the baby boomer mentality. But some of these uh, Y generation, the millennials, they might be like, no, it's not who I am. The X generation, we're just making millions. Not to not to say anything, but I, I do have a favorite generation. It's the one I belong to. In fact, I'm pretty sure Pam is an X gen. Pam, uh, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Pam Citron Bombs joining us. Pam, are you an X gener? I am. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> How could you tell? You're just because you're my favorite. <laughs> oh. We're not like the rest of these punks, the old baby boomers, the young millennials. No, that's rude. I'm just kidding. Pam, welcome back to the show. Pam uh, is trying. We call her the millennial whisperer, and she's trying <laughs> to teach us how to talk to the millennials, how to understand them, really, how to relate to them. The millennials are these 18 to 20, 18 to 30-year-olds. And again, like we kind of set out front, and she's very careful about this, we don't want to just classify an entire generation into a list of things that they are, right? They're more than that. But Pam has been, um, she really, you know, she's she's taught this group for years. She has She's worked and tried her best to understand. She has one of her own, in fact. So she knows 
of what she speaks. Now, Pam, as you're thinking about this, um, do you think like tell you work with the organization um, Chicago Innocence Project? Is that in any way tied, or is that where you see kind of the giving side of the millennials is through that project? Absolutely, that's a great that's a great point. Yeah, we um, are uh, investigative reporters, and we train uh, undergraduate students from around the Chicago area hmm. uh, in how to use investigative reporting techniques. Uh, to explore and expose cases of people who are innocent and either they are on death row or they are um, serving life in prison. Interesting. And so using using uh, kind of we don't take any DNA cases. So these are the cases where you have to reinterview witnesses yeah. and you have to reenact a crime scene, and this doesn't make sense and that doesn't make sense. And really, they have to kind of go back in time because often the cases are twenty five, thirty years old, and really recreate. Um, uh, everything. And so what, what I see is I turn away volunteers all the time, which is really painful. Yeah. Um, but we have students who are so interested and, and from all majors, right? Social work and hmm. psychology and uh, economics, um, you know, people who are interested in race and class and power and the criminal justice system. And uh, so this is, I mean, a, a huge number of these folks are actually doing the kind of volunteer work um, and they're not getting paid for it because it used to be that internships paid a lot more. Right, right. Um, and now we're, you know, we're, we're free laborers. We're a country of... Yeah. Of, 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 so, so when many of us look at these kids and say, hey, they're not working, and I hear that. I mean, I we all waitress, we all worked hard. Um, we took jobs, of course. But a lot of them are investing again. They're not as afraid as we are. Hmm. So they're investing in... Because they're living with us. I mean, that's the other thing, too, boomers. Right? Yeah. Complaining, but kick them out. I mean, they're living with us. Right. So I think we have to hold ourselves a little bit accountable. You're still paying their car payment. You're still, but (laughs) that's another interesting point about this because they they are with you, and I mean that in and of itself says something. They they feel safe enough with you, but it also seems like as a parent, because they're with you, you could influence them. You can talk to them. You can have time together. And do stuff to actually understand them better and maybe direct them a little bit. I mean, it's one thing to be absolutely. It's one thing to have kind of a generational approach, right? Like where you want to you want to be altruistic, and but simultaneously, they still have to go integrate into a world which may have an older generation mentality. Like like you were saying earlier, don't send me stuff in lower caps emails. Don't send me a lowercase email. like your friend. I am not your friend. Yeah. I, I This is to my kids and this is to my students. Um, I am not, right? I am o- older and smarter yeah. and I have some power over you. And so you should you should respect that. Um, and I, I mean, one of the things I think that is, is it behooves us is to get to know sort of where, you know how when you go to teacher school, yeah. um, I, I'm a former high school teacher as well. They say, you know, meet them where they are. Right. Big, you know, the constructors meet the students. So, well, where they are is in, their face is on some screen, right? I mean, they're looking, they're texting or, or, or Snapchatting or Instagramming in right. some screen. And that's where they are. So, for example, I know that if I have a syllabus and it's, it's, it's sent out in an old school email, email is now so like five years ago, <laughs> they will not read it. Yeah. But if I post the exact 
same article, the same study, the same whatever on my Facebook page, I get 25 questions from students about, I can't believe this, this is outrageous, is this true? Isn't that I amazing? Mean, they will engage. Yeah. If I tweet it, they will retweet it, and they will tweet me and say, hey, that was really interesting, or thanks for that. I mean, so it's, um, you know, and not only as a teacher do I know that that works, meet them where they are, but also as, as a mom. So, for example, uh, very, very painfully recently, maybe even this morning, <laughs> my daughter and I had an issue. Oh, I'm feeling some tension. She, she spoke to me in a way that was not respectful, and I do not listen to that. So I retreat yeah. to my room. She retreats to hers. And I'm really, really upset about this. But I know that if I speak to her, I'm going to yell. Yeah. And she is going to shut down. So instead, I text in full sentences with punctuation and <laughs> correct grammar. Good. I'm so disappointed uh, by the interaction we just had. Um, I know you were trying to communicate this to me, but it, it really is important that you do the following thing that you right. never do. Yeah. Even though I, like, and she texts me back. It worked. I don't understand why you were so mad. And I said, it was your tone of voice that was so disrespectful. But I didn't mean it, and then she texted back, didn't mean it to be. Mm. And I said, intention is not what I heard. What I heard was rudeness. So all of a sudden, there's a knock on my door. And we have this conversation. And wow. I cannot tell you how often that has happened. See, but you started on, you kind of started with their form of technology. Maybe Absolutely. you ought to just tweet it out there and say, my daughter's being a jerk. <laughs> Send it out to the you tweeter sphere. I'll say, I'm putting that on Facebook. Yeah. What you just said to me. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. I videoed it. Because her friends, her friends' parents are on Facebook with me, right? Right. So... So she will be humiliated. I mean, it's also public shaming. There is. You can always shame people. <laughs> but I, what I, I love the idea, though, that um, I guess it's one thing to just assume everyone's going to be like us. But that's I talked to this uh, this group of 65 and over group up to 85 year olds. And they like they look at Facebook as just such a waste of time. And I'm like, yeah, OK. It's, it, it is still, though, how this generation is communicating. It's still how our kids are connecting. And, I mean, it's one thing to just not like it. At some point, though, we probably need to understand it, use it to our advantage. It, it depends on your goal. I mean, the truth is, right, I mean, there was a time when the music that right. teenagers were listening yeah. to was viewed as dangerous and terrifying, and it reflected some deep deep, you know, immorality, right. and, and, you know, the older, the parents felt totally disconnected. And I think you have a choice then. Either you think, my kid is totally foreign for me, end of discussion. Yeah. Um, or you think, wait a minute, what is going on there? What is she connecting with? What is interesting to her? Um, and how can I find my way in? Mm. And I just think there are so many more ways for parents you know, I mean, my, my, my father uh, Skypes with my, uh, you know, with all his grandchildren. And that is... Wow. He, believe me, yeah. does not, not easy. love this. Yeah. But when he sees their faces and he sees that he gets to see them jumping around and in their life. Yeah. And he sees they, they tour their rooms. They show him, you know, he's right there with them. And when he realized he had that kind of access... That changed his kind of curmudgeonly, oh, I, I love say, that. with love attitude. 
It really is the spirit, though, of trying to understand them. And then, I mean, it's like it's 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 once they're around you, once you're in conversation with them, that's where you exactly. can that's where you can start to influence. Other than that, you're just judging them, and they know that. Absolutely, and you're shut out. So it really is. What is your goal? Is your goal? I mean, I find that for me, the best sort of the most subversive, revolutionary parenting trick and yeah. teaching tool is to get get wherever they are and give them the spinach when they don't know it. Yeah. Like, what is that? She puts... <laughs> Make a know, smoothie. ...potatoes and brownies? <laughs> yeah. 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 So I'm posting things that are all kind of educational, and, and I'm responding to text with full sentences, and I will correct my my daughter's text and spell that, you know, so yeah. she sees what it's supposed to look like. And there we are. We're, we're in dialogue. We're talking. Yeah. We're spending time together. I believe in quantity time, not quality. Yeah. You've got to be there. Right. And, and, and if, you're, if you're just judging the millennial, you're not going to have access to them. And they will be so triggered by that, they will tune you out, and they have so much else to tune in. And, who, you know, what else do you want influencing them? Right. What voices do you want in your kid's head? That, that's what I think. What voice do you want in your kid's head? And for me, it's, it's mine. You. That's right. It's mine and the things I value and the people I value and the beliefs and, and the, the words and the books and, and the ideas, right? I mean, that's so you've got to get in there. You've got, you know, you got to get in the ring with them. Tell, tell us, because we didn't make it probably too clear or overtly clear. One of the things that is kind of a trend or a theme of the 18 to 30 year old generation, the Y or the millennials is, is intention. Like they want, they, they don't want you to just have to perform. They want, they want the intention to be there. The kind of the non-spoken, the right, they want the right reason for doing something, not just doing it, just shut your mouth and do it. It's what's the reason they want to know that. Absolutely. And they also want credit. On the other end of that mm. is they want credit for their good intentions. Right. Because it's frustrating to them. And I think this is where we really butt heads. I mean, I know, you know, I, I feel like you just get it done. Right. I don't, I mean. Yeah. It doesn't sure matter who gets tried. credit right now. Just get That's it done. Right. I'm sure you tried. Yeah. I'm sure whatever. I'm sure things got in your way. Oh, they love to tell you all the things, all the obstacles got in my way, and yet I got it halfway done. Yeah. And, and you know, <laughs> they want that to count. Yeah, right. Mom, I, I intend, yeah. we told them, everything you do is great. <laughs> Who scratched everything my car? I did, but I didn't mean to. Right. Exactly. Oh, man. So they, there's, a, there's a residual sense of entitlement to both praise and credit, even if. They did not deliver the thing, and and that is, I have to say, I struggle with that a lot. Now that seems like the harder part, especially for some of us other gen, the other generations where you kind of reap what you sow. You were taught more natural consequences, exactly. right? Absolutely. If, if you don't make, if you don't get up and make breakfast, why would you expect breakfast? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but then I'm I'm going to say to our boomer brothers and sisters, why are you making breakfast? That's and exactly. then complaining that they don't know how to cook. That's right. Isn't that funny? Right? Yeah. Well, because you got breakfast is the most important meal of the day. So then so all the boomers are kind of stuck thinking one thought and all the the rest of us are thinking the other thought. And it keeps us trapped in this this cycle, this generational chaos. (laughs) It's madness, I tell you. It's total madness. But I also love that um, 
we can teach them this. So when we sit down with them, we access their minds, their hearts, maybe using a little technology, maybe then try to breach that in or, you know, move that into a, uh, a real face-to-face conversation and then well, and we, teach. Because, right. And we have them trapped. Remember, they're living with us. That's right. Um, and, and they're, you know, in the older ones who have kids, they're looking to us to watch their kids. Yeah. Right. Now you really so got we are, Because no one can afford childcare. So we are, we have access to them in, in new ways um, that we've never had before. And so, again, rather than standing aside and judging, right. and you're not this and you're not doing this, I think we have opportunities here left and right to, with open minds and open hearts, but also, you know, to just think you're getting your values in there. You're getting your influence in there. Yeah. As long as you are there, you have to be there. And if they're in your house, um, talk. Yeah. Listen. I, I love the or, idea. Put your money where your mouth is. Like, let, you let's, let's, so, so get to understand me. Find out, parents, find out what my goals, my dreams are. And help me understand the world as well as you do. Because um, the, right. the funny irony, they're going to then go try to apply for jobs using technology that parents maybe not, may, may not even know how to use. So right. th- but it seems like to me then if you start to blend some generations, the parents' generation and these, and these younger 18 to 30-year-olds, the combination of both working on a problem together might be a really powerful solution. That's the dream. I mean, I, ideally with 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 the the older sort of the older group's sense of ambition and intensity and and um, work ethic and clarity of values um, and then with with the younger folks confidence uh, and and tolerance and boundarylessness and and they they solve problems they yeah. see they see things that we don't see and we have to let them teach us something and and that's I, and that's, I think, what I see where it breaks down. Yeah, because yeah. It's so scary. It's so scary it to is. let them, right? Just let them go. Just let them go. And um, yeah. So, uh, Pam, where can they find you, the listeners, if they want more information about your Innocence Project and some of those other projects you're on? Oh, absolutely! What a great question. So we are at um, uh, www.chicagoinnocenceproject.com. Um, that's such I'm a sorry, great idea. .org. .org. Yeah, .org. Chicago yes. Innocence Project .org. Right. And we have a great website that explains all the different things that we do. And um, we, have, uh, all, we have several cases that we hope will be re- resolving soon. So that's always the most exciting thing. Yeah, you for sure. See someone get out. Um, and we're continuing to teach. We have all kinds of uh, interns from all over, from the University of Chicago and DePaul and every every possible mix of, of uh, student. And, um, and I also write for uh, Psychology Today. That's right. Uh, and that's where I, uh, <laughs> I, I think the idea of me being a millennial whisperer, I don't think any of my I know. students or kids can recall a time when I've whispered. <laughs> you're, uh, the, you're the millennial <laughs> screamer. I think that's a ride at Disneyland. Millennial screamer. Uh, that's right. <laughs> Pam, you're the best. I parenting. I know, oh, exactly. You- We'll have you back. We gotta, we gotta get you. We've got so many other things we could talk about. Even the Innocence I would love Project. That. We sure could. We, we will. Sure could. We will for sure. You're the best. Go check out Pam's work at ChicagoInnocenceProject.org. 
And again, on Psychology Today, she's, uh, she's knocking it out of the park. We're going to take a break, come right back, and uh, give you some great examples of inspiring millennials. We've got one coming up that I think uh, you'll be totally moved by. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we've been trying to understand the millennial generation, and we learned so many great things about them. They're very close to family. Uh, They're very connected. They feel very safe with their family and their parents. They also tend to be fairly altruistic, giving, serving. They're volunteers, we learned about from Pam and the Chicago Innocence Project. So we, we sent Hannah Montana on a search. Now, Hannah Montana is not the real star of Hannah I'm Montana show. Wait, because isn't that Miley Cyrus? Who's Hannah Montana? Wasn't that Miley Cyrus? Miley, I'm like Hannah Bandana. You're, well, you're Hannah Bandana, <laughs> Rosanna Dana Dana, but you also because <laughs> the Hannah Montana has kind of come unglued lately. Well, Miley Cyrus, Miley Cyrus. Has. her so alter taken ego her place. is yeah, right. but you're the still new intact. One. So, so you're and you're an X Jenner. I mean, you're a Y Jenner. You're a millennial. <laughs> I'm an X Jenner. There are some incredibly awesome examples of millennials. There are. Um, so, that we're, I mean, we don't just, they're not all living in our basement. There's some <laughs> millennials out there changing the world. You know, I think it, I, I don't remember how many weeks ago it was, but on our show, we were talking about how there can be stereotypes about children that come from wealthy families. Right. Um, the same kind of idea applies is that a lot of people see children children that come from wealthy families and assume, oh, you know, they're just kind of bumming off of their parents and they're selfish and lazy and all of these things. But they actually have – there's many examples of people who come from those wealthier families who've done a lot of good. Right. Um, and they have the means to do a lot of good. The same thing goes for just millennials. Uh, this generation wants to be able to make that difference. One person that I was really inspired by and that I was looking at that is in my generation, her name is Mahala. Mahala. Um, she is a Middle Eastern girl who is promoting the education of women. Is she? Okay, I've heard of her. Yeah. She's, she's all over the news lately. All Because she's the in news. the U.S. right now. She's, on a she's tour. yeah, she was on the Daily Show and she's been talking over every single circuit she can find. And I, oh, it was inspiring to listen listen to her talk. She's 16 years old. She's 16, wanted to go to school. Yeah, and... so when she was 12, she, um, the Taliban had come in, they'd taken over her village and she uh, wanted to go to school, even though all the schools were sh- shut down. So she got on a bus. She was headed to school. And a guy with a gun on the bus was like, you can't go to school. Uh, I'm not going to let you go to school. Because you're a girl. Cause you're, yeah, because you're, you're a woman. And they, he, he shot her in the face. Mm. Um, and she survived. And she's moved on to write this amazing book talking about how education is the key to equality. But... She also was talking on the morning show saying how education is the key to stopping war, hmm. which I thought was – I mean she was just so inspiring. She she was asked by the host, you know, what would you do if the Taliban came in or they were coming after you? And she said, you know, when I was younger, I used to think that if uh, the Taliban came after me or they were going to kill me or something, maybe I'll hit them with my shoe. Um 
And, and then I realized, no, then I'm no better than them. Yeah. So I would tell them education why why education is important to me that I want that education for their children that I want all all children to have the equal opportunity for education and then they can do whatever they want wow which hearing that come from a 16 year old yeah. I mean that's that's just incredible and um she's started an organization at least called the Mahala fund hmm. and what she's doing is raising money to give education to children in impoverished impoverished countries, um, children who have child labor, um, you know, come from horrible circumstances because it's so true. Our children and who we are and who we raise, that's the next generation. They're who are going to change the world. If we educate them, if we give them opportunities to learn how to negotiate, to talk, to tolerate differences, then that is, that's the tools that allow you to create essentially what she was saying, world peace. Wow, she's just a millennial. They're just <laughs> lazy. But you know, another one that just comes up in my mind is um, Elizabeth Smart. Mm-hmm. So Elizabeth Smart, you might remember, what, 10 years ago, kidnapped, probably more than that years ago, kidnapped and ended up being raped and harmed for nine months. She was held hostage. Held hostage yeah. And she... Now is writing a book. She is now trying to help other people not. Yeah, have and to it's suffer. it's not just people who have had these experiences, yeah. these very traumatizing experiences that have come out on the other side. You know, I think that there's a lot of like entrepreneur right. opportunities with nonprofit organizations. Um, even friends I know they're going to Africa for the summer to build wells right. and Mexico, and they're going all over trying to help. And it's just amazing to see how giving. People yeah. are how charitable. I, See, that, I'm really I, do, I just hear it. every parent right now saying, Well, they're only able to do that because they can know they can fall back on me. But the reality is, that's a spirit that we don't, that the other generations don't quite have because it was, it was, it was uh, preceded by so much fear. You, you didn't have the luxury to go give all this time. Mm-hmm. But what I love about the millennials and what we kind of talked about with Pam is great. Then let's use our parenting skills to build a relationship with these millennials and figure out a way that they can have a lot, a lot of these great gifts and still, you know, get a job for some of them and figure out a way to make stuff happen so they can give more. It's yeah, kind of well, and the thing that they said is they – they want to make a lot of money, but they also believe in supporting nonprofit causes. So they, they really want to help. Yeah. So you make it. But again, to be strapped in your own life that's just a big nonprofit cause too is it's hard. Mm-hmm. See, millennials, you're not so bad. That's I mean, we all currently work for a nonprofit radio station. So there's that. That's true. Talk about good. Well, not, well I wouldn't say all of you work. Some of us show up. Some just show up and ate candy that I gave you. I haven't even opened that skill. I know, but yet. today I gave you candy. You yes, don't say I didn't give you. Huh? Trying to love the millennials right here on the Matt Townsend Show. We're hard to love. Hard to love. <laughs> no, you're not. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Vanessa Joy. She's going to give us some more insight uh, into life right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. 
Today we've been talking about uh, some of these intergenerational conflicts. The millennials, for example, these young 18 to 30-year-olds, they're moving home. They don't think right. They don't, uh, you know, they're not as stressed as the rest of us. They're just kind of laid back, they seem. And sometimes we throw the label on them that they're just a bunch of lazy bums. But you know what? Not true. They just approach the world differently. They were raised by parents, also known as you, uh, other listeners from other generations. They were raised by parents to believe in themselves, to find themselves, to identify what makes them the most happy, brings them the most truth. And now... A lot of them, as they're getting older, have the nerve to go actually try to make those things happen that they were taught by their parents. So we wanted to just talk about that a little bit more and um, talk to somebody whose parents made a huge difference in her life, but also now Vanessa's making a huge difference in her children's life. Vanessa Joy is our next guest. She's the award-winning vocalist and had a distinct honor of singing for the USO at the Wounded Warrior Center in Germany. She performed for the U.S. Ambassador in Cairo, Egypt, and starred in her first Gilbert and Sullivan operetta at the young age of 13. She has her degree in music from Brigham Young University and is a faculty member at BYU Campus Education Week. Also, Vanessa uh, Vanessa Joy, you go to her website, VanessaJoy.com. She has two solo albums on there, The Voice and Sweet By and By. Vanessa Joy, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Are you a millennial? I'm great. Not to, okay, I'm just going to give you the range. Are you Are you 18 to 30? Yes. What are we going to do with with us? See, you're those weird. You're those weird people that what, are. What are you going to do with the, those millennials? That's what we're trying to figure you're, out. <laughs> you're so. You know, I. How can you lump some? Someone by their age into oh. some category is crazy. Is that really? No. It's truly no. You know, I mean, you not can't, everybody fits into no, that. No, they don't. In fact, and we we've kind of blown that up. That everyone can't fit that certain criteria. Except we know you do. Right. Right. You're very altruistic. You're very giving. You live at home in the basement with your parents. You won't you're get a job because you're not going to go do certain jobs that you don't want to do. I understand. You know, you know George Costanza on Seinfeld. That's what he did. He lived with yeah. his parents, and look yeah. at what a success he was. I you know. know he turned out okay. He's not a millennial either. No, he's, he's not. not a he millennial. was. I think he was probably an ex gen. <laughs> I don't know what he was. He's probably a he, baby he boomer. Set, he set the, the he set the precedence, though. He sure he set he the sure bar. Everybody figured out. <laughs> you're Vanessa. You're you are a different kind of millennial, but you're you're highly accomplished. Uh, mu- you know, singer. I was going to say musician, but vocalist. I guess is the word. Um, but you have you have kidlets, right? You've married. Yes. You have a mortgage. Yes. I'm assuming. <laughs> yes. You took the jump. <laughs> you know, it's crazy because actually, when you talk about um, mortgages and money and stuff like that, I I am, you know, it's crazy. I had this gal. I have to tell you this. I had this gal come up to me who has bought my CDs mm. and. Um, she, I just came out with a new one, a Christmas one called uh, "Joy to the World." Oh wow! And she, yes, after so you, after now. your name, Joy, after Vanessa Joy, name. exactly. And so, anyway, I had just come out with this brand new CD, and she comes up to me and says, um, "You know, when are you going to make another Hem CD like Sweet By and By?" That's my first album. Okay. My first album is 
is is uh, inspirational and has a lot of uh, uh, hymns on it. Right. And she said, "When are you going to make another hymns album? When are you going to do another Sweet By and By?" And I told her, "Well, I just came out with this Joy to the World, and um, it's it's all hymns, but it's Christmas." And she kept saying, well, I really like another one like Sweet By and By. And I kept saying, well, this one is just like Sweet and By and By, (laughs) but it's Christmas. So anyway, um, we kind of went back and forth for a bit. But I kept telling her, I I finally said, she's like, well, well, let me know when when you come out with another one. I said, well, I'll tell you one thing. I won't be able to come out with another one until this one is paid for. And and I'm an independent artist. That means that no one else. No one funds this. No one owns you. No one owns me, which is, oh, so amazing. It's freedom. Oh, yeah. Freedom. Totally free. So it it is. It's freedom and it's power. And so anyway, I told her, I said, I I saved up for my first album. And I I produced that all on my own. I paid for it. And I I went in debt to myself. Yeah. And a a year went by and I had that paid for. So then I made another one, which is The Voice. I made that, right? And that one took me a little bit longer. That one took me about a year and a half to pay back because that one was um, quite, that was very expensive. I did it with a band and um, had a lot more instruments along with it, and so that one took me a year and a half to pay back. Right. And then once that one was paid off, I've, I now have come out with this new one for Christmas, which is Joy to the World. And anyway, she she was just stunned. Yeah. Her eyes were just wide open. Didn't understand that if she didn't buy. Uh, this Christmas album of mine, she wasn't helping me in the process to, to get her what the she next wanted one. later. <laughs> right. See, isn't so that the interesting? People, but there's assumptions yeah, there, aren't there? Well, yeah. They just they think, oh, okay, well, give me, give me, give me, give me this, give me this, and I and I'd love to, I'd love to, but you know, I am the I grew up. Money doesn't grow on trees at my house. Right. And so I I need to pay for things, and I don't go into debt over this. This is it's not worth it to me to right. do that. And so I want to pay back what I what I put in, and it takes some time to pay it back. And so anyway, it was just an interesting it's conversation a, with this woman who wanted. She loved my album, wanted to wanted to buy another one like it, and it was interesting how, how I. How old would you say that woman was? You know, she was older. I don't think she was a millennial. Okay, she was post. She'd moved on, so she was either an X Gen like me, or a baby boomer, or a lost generation. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Is that that's sad? That's not what they're calling them. <laughs> yeah, they are. It's sad. No, but yeah, it is. They, that's they. Sad. I don't know. All the cool names were taken up. Um, no, but really, I just yeah, it's kind of was, it was quite stunning. I just I didn't I didn't understand how. I mean, I had to explain right. it to her. Yeah, how well, these things work and how it works in my world. Which you know, I know people. I know a lot of artists that have gone into major major debt for an album. I mean, they these. These albums are expensive, by oh, the yeah. way. I mean, we're we're talking a, a a I mean, really, a modest album can cost anywhere between, oh, seriously, six thousand dollars up even up to twenty two thousand dollars. Right. Just to start, just to start, well, that's just one, and that's a very minimal, nothing much to it. Yeah. Album. Well, see, but when you and look at the, that, you are the grandiose. Yeah. You're, you're the yeah, why. Okay. You, what do we call you? The millennial. You're millennial because. <laughs> Here's why. You actually, this is your mission. This is your purpose. You have an intent behind this. So sure, we'll right. lose a little money at first, and we'll do it, but then yeah. we'll eventually get there. 
And then there's other generations like, yeah, just, you know, it grows. It'll happen. Get a promoter. Get a build your team. Make it happen. Go into debt. But again, a lot of these young millennials, they don't want to go into debt. They've seen mom and dad going into debt. They've seen it doesn't help. So in a weird way, you're you're a you're an artist, but you're also um, you've also learned some of the lessons of your parents. Debt's probably not a great idea. And you you don't want to be controlled and owned by the man. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's crazy. But, I mean, I, my parents had nice things. They ha- they, we lived in a beautiful neighborhood. We had really a nice home. But I only had uh, food, clothing, and shelter given to me yeah. as a kid. That is it. If I wanted anything, and I mean anything at all, including gas in my car, I had to pay for it myself. Those my car was parents. not my car, by the way, either. I, it was my parents' car that I borrowed. Yeah. So I, I only had what I, if I wanted something, I had to work for it. And so I know that if I want something now, I have to work for it. My parents did not pay for college, even though they could have. Yeah. They didn't. I, well, I, I had to pay for all of these things. And you know what? It's sometimes, sometimes I hated it. I'd go to my parents and they'd say, will you give me money for this? And they'd say, I can't afford it. And, you know, it, 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 it taught me. It taught me so many things. My parents not being able to uh, afford something for me. Right. It taught me so many things. I remember I finally went, I went to them my last year, my senior year, and I worked so hard. I worked full-time and went to school full-time to, in order to pay for school uh, at college. And it was very difficult. I had no free time. I never went to the mall. I think I probably set foot in the mall the four years I was in college probably three times. I'm wow. not kidding. I did not buy an That's item. A good kid. Because <laughs> I couldn't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have it. I did not have it. And you should so have gone to Goodwill I, and just borrow, and you know, you should I didn't have. go there, actually. <laughs> you should have been singing on the corner. Come on, if you really believed in yourself, you'd yeah, be singing on the corner. Heck, I should have been. <laughs> I might have made some tips. Put your hat out. So, <laughs> sing some hymns. Honestly. <laughs> It, no, wouldn't that have been good? But but, but your your parents, parents compensated. Awesome. They did it another way, right? They I mean, but they they gave me, they gave me love. Yeah, they gave me love. They, they gave, gave you food. They, they paid for your lessons. I didn't starve. Did they pay they for your lessons? They paid for my lessons. Yes, they paid for my lessons when I was in um, when I was living at home. But as soon as I went to college, I was totally. This is seriously quote unquote from my dad. You are on your own. That's I can just. That's exactly how he says it. You're <laughs> on your own. That's what he says. Does he sound like <laughs> that? Does your dad yes. really sound like that? Well, no wonder yes, you moved you out. Tell me for saying that. Yeah, no, he sounds cute. No, he sounds kind of like a... he is. I love him. But, but really, it's the truth. I I finally went my last my senior year of college. Okay, when I was ready to graduate, I had to take out a loan. Finally, I had to take out a loan, and I I did not want to. I dreaded it because I hear hear all along I had been saving. And paying for it as I went. Yeah. And this last semester, this last year of school, um, I I had to go and take out money. And I went to my parents and I said, Mom, Dad, you please give me X amount of dollars just so I can graduate. They said, no. They said, you're going to have to fill out the paperwork and get the loan. No, you have to do it and in your I, dad's voice. No, I, no, Say it in your dad's voice. You're on your own, fella. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wascally wabbit. <laughs> 
I was ticked off. I really was because I thought I had proven myself that look at me. I've done all this work and I'm just at the tail end and I haven't had to take any loans out and look at me. I've done yeah. this and I'll, I'll pay you back, you know, kind Too of Too bad, little girl. I, yeah, it, and I ended up having to pay it back. And you know what? You have that six-month grace period yeah, before yeah. you can pay it back. And I got a job immediately, and I worked and saved and scrimped every penny and so that I didn't have to pay one extra penny back. I only paid what I owed. I never had to See, pay but look where that got more. you. Look at you it's now. Only, yeah. You're an I award-winning vocalist. You now wear dresses to the tunes I, of tens I of billions about of dollars. It a lot because I was so angry about it. You know, yeah. I was like, gosh, can't they just give me this money? I know they can afford this. And they still refused. And and what a blessing. Yeah. It has been a blessing because, you know, who knows? I, with my parents, maybe I would have sloughed a little. Maybe it would have taken me now, a year, two years. Well, you would have become a diva. That. You would have become a singing diva. You would have. You would have. Yeah. I mean, I may not have. <laughs> You would have you would have oh, laughed at all the little that, people. <laughs> yeah, I would have become singing diva. Yeah, okay. you'd be like right now. You'd be like five hundred thousand dollars in debt on CDs. You're not even selling. Now you're cash <laughs> exactly. flow positive. I, that is so true. <laughs> See, I'm telling you. Instead, I'm cautious, and I know that if I want something, I have to work for it, and that is true about my business now. The business that I'm in with music, and that's not just for money. It's no. not just monetary. It's you, your you, mission. If you want something, you have to work for it. That's in goals. Yeah. That's what, with losing weight. If you want to have a clean house, you've got to work at it. If you want to have home ownership, you've got to work at it. If you want to have a college degree, you've got to work at it. You know, I mean, it, if you want a good relationship, yeah. you've got to work at it. If you want good grades, you're going to have to work for it. If you want to feel good, oh, you're going to have to eat right. It's a lot you know of work. Saying? I mean, you know, it, it goes on and on. I mean, if I want to... Not be cranky. I got to go to bed by ten o'clock. Really? The last three nights I've been going to bed at, at midnight, oh. and it's not. It catches up to me, and I get. I I need my sleep. I'm a cranky bucket. Well. If I don't have sleep, <laughs> it's directly related to me not having sleep. If I get I get cranky. Yeah, but so, see, you, you. I know what I need. I have to work for it. I have to go to bed at the right time. That's great. <laughs> see, you're you you it's get it. So you're a millennial made good. <laughs> That's what we're going to call you. The millennial made good. But um, no, really, those are great well, points, know, too. And you got And you can't just I, assume you're going to get it, and you can't not work for it. No, and, I mean, if you don't own it, yep. that's, a, that's the thing. If you don't own it, you're not going to work at it. That's right. And, and you're not going to take care of it. Well, you'll never get it. I mean, you can get you. Someone you can want. hand it to you for a minute, but if you really want to own your own success in life, yet at some point you got to just take charge and go get it. Well, not everything in life is easy. No, and I think a lot of I think a lot of you know I mean a lot of these millennials you know we've grown up on Disney you know and we've seen all the happy endings yeah. and you know it's not it's not Grimm's fairy tales you know no. it's Disney and uh, you know the Little Mermaid she goes and rebels and then everything works out in the end. Hey, she gave up her voice oh. for crying out loud for legs. <laughs> I mean, who's given more than that? I don't know. How do you? You are so quick on your feet. I didn't even remember she sang. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember the whole thing. I only know one story. Um, all right. Well, Vanessa, we think you're the best. Hey, can you? Uh, you everybody out there, Vanessa needs help. She she needs to make more music. 
And so if you would like to offer money to the Vanessa Fund, you go to <laughs> VanessaJoy.com and buy her latest, greatest song, Joy to the World. Joy to the World. It's the new album, right? Thank you, Matt. And yes, we're, we're putting is. kids through college now. The Vanessa Joy way. <laughs> I hope so. Vanessa, you're the best. Um, Thank you, Matt. Thanks for joining us. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank and we've got so to much. keep working. You bet. And go to jo- go to VanessaJoy.com. Go check out our new song and album there, Joy to the World. You know, it's it's really good songs. It's Christmassy this time. But she's got sweet by and by in the voice. Come on. Cut the woman a break. She <laughs> needs to make more music. Let's keep the mission alive. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on Sirius XM. Bringing it down with the hoedown music. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We are wrapping up our show today talking about millennials. We've talked to the millennial whisperer, Pam Citronbaum. We uh, just talked to Vanessa Joy, who taught us about, uh, you know, you got to work. You got to work. So, you know, you're not just a makeup of your fun, you know, generation. There's more to life than just that. However... Anybody that's been raised and had their parents around long enough have heard all of the stories that parents give, uh, you know, about everything that they used to have to do that we never had to do in our generation. So to wrap up the show, we're going to play the game. We're making up the game as we go. Back in my day. Hold on. Hold on. I have game, do you have game music? music. I have game. Let's see if it works. Let's see if it works. Hold on. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. Did your parents ever use the phrase, hey, when I was a kid, we used to blank? Or better yet, do you think that your current experiences will soon become pointless stories for future generations? Yes. If so, this is the game for you. This is the game for you. Okay, so what do you think? Now, some of you, just for fun, back in the day, my first computer program um, recording device was was a cassette tape. Was it the thing from Home Alone? The, like... I don't know what it's this called. was an actual computer. Oh. So instead of using a drive, uh, like a floppy disk, I used a cassette, a gotcha. sound cassette recorder to record and save my computer stuff. That's what I used to do. Oh, man. Oh, man. True point. So um, on, on our show, we sit here and we think I – mean, I, one thing I think, our parents – I sat in a car – where we pulled into a gas station and they checked our oil, washed our windows, filled up the tires just while you were getting your car. Cleaned filled. your teeth. They didn't do the teeth. No, they didn't do that. They but they did your everything car else. Teeth. See, but that what's a car tooth? A car tooth. I'm not the sure. grill in the front. But so I mean <laughs> that was back out of that. in the day. So oh, when you take girl. this life today and you project it forward forty years, what do you think people will be like? What do you think will be going uh, back, on? Back in my day, we had to flip we didn't, phones. Yeah. We had flip phones. Those were the flippiest phones I've ever. Well, flipped. I I still have a flip phone, but I think even now that's something that's becoming less common. But what what is that material? It's like bendable and electricity can go through it and they're making these phones on it it's completely transparent it's stronger than diamonds and it's mm. the strongest material in the world but like uh, titanium the like e-paper stuff or no, whatever it's like, oh it's this- i've got it it's the wrapping they put like on some things that you can never get off oh, yeah. yeah and you need scissors and they, you a finger. they thought that they'd um just invented amazing like 
foolproof, you know, thieves will never take this. Yeah. But really, they invented a this phone. amazing material that can be pretty much turned into like anything. Really? See, so someday your phone will just be this credit card. Or better yet, someone would be like, "What, Grandpa, what was it like when you couldn't talk to your phone and tell it everything to do? When it wasn't even a phone, it was a chip implanted. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Huh? Wouldn't that be great? No, people get headphones implanted like in this little part of their ear. Um, no. Not implanted. No, I know they do, no, but head- no, I would well, never Well, I think those that. are actually no, called know. hearing aids. <laughs> That's just a hearing aid. That's just a hearing aid. What about the day that they say, Grandpa, what was it like back when you would, um, when you didn't know what gender your baby was? Now you just pick it. Oh. When, when you couldn't decide what it was? Wouldn't that be weird? I don't know. Boy or girl? They'd probably say Grandma, and I'd probably tell them that I refused to... Participate. Yep. Grandma, what was it like back when um, you, oh, hold on, you could. What was it like, Grandma, when um, you used to have to take your the husband's name when you got married? I actually feel already controversial. See, I know, about it's that. happening. So. Times they are changing. <laughs> or better yet, would we all have like screen names in the future? Like we yeah. have like we have our, our, our names that yeah. our family gives like us. Like Skyboy. But yeah, superhero. We'd all have usernames. What right. if we're born like instead of a social security number, we get a username? I don't know if I would have trusted my parents. They would have done something like "Wonderful Baby Boy Six. And I'd <laughs> chubby, be like, "Chubby Boy with Tiny <laughs> yeah. Chubby Head." Yeah, no, I'd, I'd get to be an adult and be like, "Could I just, you know, my name or something?" <laughs> I just want yeah. to name. Uh, you know. Well, uh, what have we learned on the show today, kids? Millennial, you're, millennials you're aren't that bad. You're not bad. You're we're great. Not. We're wonderful, and you're not even just great potential you're actually great you're just seeing the world so differently than the rest of us not not right not wrong just differently a little slower <laughs> it's not right or wrong it's just slower a different pace it's a Let's different it not that. even slower right it's just a just different pace it's not fast a different pace that is not like quick. the x-gens thing hey let's just move this along um anything from you hannah montana did you learn just anything that you just you got you're like i learned that you know i just really liked reading about mahala I, I thought it was just really inspirational yep. that people Mahala. are capable of doing such great things. Humans are great, whatever the generation. True. That's well, the challenge. Yeah, no, we're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so far, every generation has managed to not screw everything up and also make another generation of humans. So, so far, so good. Well, yeah. I mean, you think about it. We've been at this a long time. Humans making humans. Yeah. <laughs> it's working. A lot of it seems to go without our thinking. Could very well be. Like, yeah. you know, the Fed, federal government, 14 days. Like that. My life is unfazed. Yeah. Just saying. Might not need my life was phased when my dad tried to get my cat on an airplane and I couldn't find regulations online. Okay, oh, there's your the problem right there. Cats shouldn't travel. <laughs> We're going to get out of here, folks. Thanks for joining us again for another show. Tomorrow we'll be back with another great topic. Uh, in-depth skills, tools, ideas. Giving you the tools to get through this crazy thing we call life. Thanks for joining us. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.